Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. And speaking of keeping your healthy body sexy, all of that is part of connecting with your beloved. Now, whether you're single, married, widow, divorced, young, mature, and seasoned, as we like to say, any of those, LGBTQ or straight, this show is for you. Today we have two guests, not one, Dr. Elbeth Moot and I hope I said her name correctly, she'll correct me if I've got it wrong, and Freddie Zental-Weaver, who are experts on helping you create and maintain intimate connection. So very, very important. You've heard a lot of advice, but I think you're really going to enjoy their advice on how to amplify joy, pleasure, and creativity in your relationships and keep that deep love and lasting intimacy. And if you're looking for love, I'm sure you'll be able to use some of these tools they'll be teaching us today. But first, I want you to know if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area or if you can get yourself here this coming Saturday, November 16th, right here in our Modern Love Training Center, we are doing a full day of deep, discovery, and practice. And our topic is, are you sabotaging your love life? You're going to learn nine proven steps, and you guys all know I go to science first, proven steps on how to launch your best love in 2020. So important. It's this Saturday, November 16th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go to Eventbrite right now and grab your seat. And everyone who does attend this training will receive a copy of my new book, Are You Sabotaging Your Love Life? Very excited to put that in your hands. It's an e-book, and we've got very specific, again, proven steps you can take in communication, in connection with yourself, in connection with a partner, how to know if it's the right one for you, do you have toxic love patterns, all of that in the book, and of course, in this training on Saturday. So, so looking forward, I might add, we have a fabulous chef from Jamaica who's catering a West Indian feast for us in honor of Thanksgiving. Okay, moving on, let's quickly do our Dear Dr. Brenda question. Keep those questions coming. This one says, I recently started dating again following a long break. My boyfriend is loving, respectful, and we have a great time when we're together Here's my problem. He takes, he talks a lot about his ex-wife and the reasons why their relationship didn't work out. It's almost as if he misses her and wishes things had turned out differently. I'm worried he might be dealing with depression or has other issues. Not sure what to do. Okay, not sure. First and foremost, 
you need to have an open conversation with him. How long has it been? What led to the divorce? What was his part in it? It's normal for people to grieve after a divorce and grieve the loss of a relationship and ask him if he's had time and had support. By that, I mean professional help and support to work it through. He needs to be in a divorce support group, all of that. If it's too short a time after divorce, he may in fact not be able to have the kind of relationship you seem to be looking for. And if you've had a long hiatus, my dear, you've got some work to do too. So that's my advice, and I might just ask our guest to weigh in on that in a few minutes too. But first, Dr. Elvet Mood and Freddie Zental Weaver have assisted thousands of couples and singles to create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their relationship. They're featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy Award-winning NBC show, Starting Over. They're the best-selling authors of Sexual Enlightenment, endorsed by well-renowned spiritual pioneer, Dr. Michael Beckwith, my dear friend, and somebody I admire tremendously. So, moving on... I am going to welcome to the show Doctor right now, Doctor Elvet and Freddie. Hello, 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 hello. Hi, Doctor Frenda. So happy to have you with us today. Now, how did the two of you come to be devoted in this way to helping couples to re- and probably singles as well, of course, to really learn how to create intimacy and connection? Hi, this is Freddie Zental. Thanks for having us on the show. Uh, well, I was first actually introduced to the practices that we teach now when I was 13 years old, living in the beautiful islands of Hawaii with my dad, who at the time was a practicing psychiatrist, and I at 13 was going through my puberty and spending a lot of time in the shower. <laughs> of course, and, like any normal 13-year-old boy would. Lots of sexual energy. And, well, he gave me a book to read, uh, illustrating and, and, and outlining how to integrate meditation and sex practices. He probably thought I was going to hurt myself in there. <laughs> anyway, oh, my I goodness, loved it. but how enlightened that your dad would do that instead of saying, stop touching yourself down there, which is what most kids right. hear. Right. So that started me on the path. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I spent 15, 20 years in this corporate America and actually the Bay Area. Before we moved to Hawaii, I actually lived on a houseboat in Sausalito. I loved that, loved the area. Mm. Um, and then I was single when I moved here. That was 18 years ago, and uh, was online looking for Shakti, a female tantra partner. And I met Elsbeth, who was on her own path. She'll tell you about it. And we immediately had this baby, Tantra Nova Institute. And we've, uh, you know, you've uh, mentioned what we've done: books and tapes, and thousands of couples and individuals all over the world now over the last 18 years and love teaching these practices to people who are seekers and finding more well, happiness for you, and connection. What is most important that you want to teach people? I want to hear from you, Elsbeth. What is it you want people to really learn? Freddie, thank you for giving us a bit of the background in history. Yeah, so um, I was in the 90s, I was a management consultant and really despaired about relationship because I found myself in unavailable uh, relationships and I didn't want to leave this planet without experiencing lasting intimacy and love. So mm-hmm. in my despair, like I so said, many okay. of us, oh my goodness, thank you for saying that. I hear yeah. that over and over, that longing yeah. for lasting yeah. intimacy and love. Yeah. 
And you know, Dr. Brenner, I knew that I needed to do, but I needed to produce a shift, and I knew that it was not going to come just from myself. Because if I had known already, I would already have done it. So anyway, I went uh, to this uh, meditation retreat and shortly after to a tantra workshop. And that was just so life-changing. Now, for people who don't know what tantra is, give a a working definition, would you please, when you say you went to a tantra workshop? Yeah, so Tantra has a lot of variations. What we're teaching is the the yoga of Tantra, which is one of the original yogas of the energetic body, and it's all energy. And working specifically with a manifestation of sexual energy and how we can get more deeply connected to what our most deep desires are. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted you to just give people a frame for what it was Mm -hmm. that drew you to that Tantra. And Freddie, thank you for the definition. Everybody, we're talking about sexual energy. Take a deep breath. Go ahead, Yes. So uh, I definitely wanted to create more awareness around myself so that I could bring in the beloved I really could create a lasting relationship with. And given the openings I had, and particularly what I discovered was that I held distrust towards men. I had no clue about that because I was very charming with men. Never would have called me a distrusting bitch if you had known me 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. But underneath, there was something that was then, you know, recalled through the healing work I did in my tantric work that uh, brought me back to the 18-year-old, you know, first love, first boyfriend, first intercourse. It was so painful i had to go to the gynecologist and the bill from the gynecologist went to the to my house my dad opened it all hell broke loose the boyfriend left shortly after i felt so alone and mm-hmm. at that moment and i can I imagine your father was not as supportive as freddie's father was oh, about his sexuality <laughs> oh, he called me a whore and oh, i mean it was just my god so, so, yeah it was very unpleasant. Now, it was so humiliating, for many actually. people, this is so great that you're sharing your story. For so many of us, our first sexual experience, and especially our parents' reaction if they, quote, discovered we were sexual, was shaming. It was shaming, right. and that feeling of shame leaves a mm. deep scar. So thank you for illuminating that, Elvis. Mm. So in your process, both of you had very different first sexual experiences. Freddie, you got permission and information. Elspeth, you got shamed, called horrible names by your own father. Mm -hmm. And how Mm -hmm. did you together begin to work with Tantra? How does Tantra enhance intimacy? What's the connection there? Hmm. Well, you know, there's an integration of some of the practices that people do all over the world in terms of meditation and conscious breathing. What makes Tantra unique is it's working consciously with sexual energy, which, you know, most folks love sexual energy anyway. There's a systemic intelligence of creativity and pleasure that's encapsulated as the kernel of that energy. When we're in it, we're more open, loving, vulnerable. Chemically, we're changed. Oxytocin's released, endorphin, serotonin. So when we bring consciousness to that sexual energy, what starts to manifest in other areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex are creativity and pleasure. The way we listen is a deeper place. The way we can start to move towards what we most deeply desire starts to manifest. And that's one of the things things that really makes uh, this path of Tantra and working consciously with our sexual energy 
the path of the of the future so and the for, now. So for the two of you, um, what I'm curious about, because I realized I dropped a thread there, so bear with me. When you discovered this tantra, you went to this workshop, and you said it healed this alone place. And Fred is describing, you know, very in a very wonderful, high energy, excited way what tantra is. How did it help you, Elspeth? Because I know a lot of our listeners are saying, well, how did it help you get past your fears and also your distrust of men? Yeah. So through through this healing. It goes beyond a little bit what we can share today. It's a little bit more extensive. But anyway, the point here is that out of that energetic, sexual, emotional pain, healing, what opened up was, and it's unlike therapy where we talk, in the tantric practice we really tap into the cellular level of the physical being. And that is really where the memory resided and that what i was left with was that it was like opening a valve at first mm-hmm. it gets more intense and then you know it fizzles out and for me the pain the emotional and the physical pain fizzled out and in place what showed up was deeper trust in myself then deeper trust in men in general and the six months later phrase and came into my life wow and you know, so by yeah. trusting yourself And that's something, oh, I just want to underscore that for everyone. You know, being able to access old pain leads to trusting ourselves, and then that allows you to trust others. And boom, six months later, Freddie Zental shows up with the book that his dad gave him, I'll bet. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, you know, and I had this on my list of the men I wanted to be with. Definitely had to be willing to uh, learn about Tantra or already practicing Tantra. Lovely. And so, Fred, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I'm I'm watching the clock because there's so much I want you two to be able to (laughs) share with our listeners. And I know that Freddie has a brief exercise to share with us. Now, everybody, you know, with this show, there's a lot of learning. Here's your opportunity. Freddie, would you please lead us through an exercise and first frame this for us. What's the purpose of the exercise? Yeah, so this is conscious breathing, parasympathetic breathing. So we breathe typically sympathetically in the upper part of the chest. The lungs oxygenates the body. This is consciously bringing the breath down in the diaphragm and extending the belly on the inhalation. That does a couple of things. One, it requires our mind to consciously think to do that physiologically. Secondly, it oxygenates the body more efficiently, endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. So breathing parasympathetically, belly breath, Buddha belly breathing, puts our body in a chemical state of ease. So that's it. And then that develops, sets us up for the second piece, which is the witness state of mind, watching our thoughts and stories and the total felt sense energetically. So let's just do this practice. Just take a minute, Doc, and we can move on. Okay? All righty. And we're going to actually, we're going to run a little bit longer on this show. So take your time. Go right ahead. Okay, great. Okay, so sitting up as uh, straight as you're comfortable being, Feeling your sit bones, uh, holding the spine and the head and the shoulders, and then thinking back, thinking further down into the earth, uh, visualizing the, the floor supporting you and the earth supporting the floor. Great. Bring your breath, breathing through your nose. Your eyes can be open, closed, or soft focus. Bringing your breath consciously into your nose, down your trachea, lungs, extending 
into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. You might put a hand in your belly for a few breaths just to feel the extension of your belly into your hand as you inhale through the nose. Following consciously your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Letting your thoughts come, letting your thoughts go. Feeling the rise of your belly on your inhalation. Flattening of your belly on your exhalation. Witnessing any thoughts, conversations, interpretations, or meaning. Not giving a lot of attention to it, just for now, breathing and being. Rise of your belly on your inhalation. Following your breath back up through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Letting your thoughts come. Letting your thoughts go. Just a couple more breaths. And while you're breathing in and out, take a moment to notice how you're feeling right now, how your body is feeling, noticing any sensations or the absence of sensations. And then slowly come back by opening your eyes. And Dr. Brenda, if you just want to share how you're feeling right now, it would be great. Absolutely. I enjoyed that exercise. I felt myself coming to center. I just flew into San Francisco at 1 in the morning last night, and I don't think I'd taken a moment to really breathe and be present. So I feel very present. I feel relaxed, and I had this kind of kink in my neck, you know, from trying to sleep on the plane, and it just mm. released. It released. Very Ooh. lovely. Thank you. That's sweet. Wow. Good. That's nice. So that is actually just what you described. That's the point of the practice, which is we drop into that still place through that belly breath. And when we drop into the still place, we access intimacy. I cannot connect intimately when I'm angry with Freddie. You know, it's not that's the last thing I want to do. So the access is then to drop into my own intimate connection that I can access through that belly breath because it gives me this little pause. And once I'm con just like you connected, even your neck opened up, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, when we are connected with ourselves, then we are open to connect with another. So this is a key practice that can be done easily anywhere, any so moment. So what you're saying is that when we access this for ourselves, then we can be present with another person because often, I know you've, of course, noticed what I've noticed, which is that often people try to connect with their heads. And this, for me, feels like it's an opportunity to connect heart to heart not just head-to-head, -head, that you're really fully present with you first. Yeah. That's so beautiful. There is no actually head-to-head -head intimacy. The intimacy lives in the body, is experienced in the nervous system. I'm not saying that the mind is not part of it, but being in my head is linear, which is not in the flow. And experience intimacy within and with another is really that heart connection and then you know also the sexual connection which is the lower center 
Mm-hmm. So recipe for a great sexual connection also begins with this being present. And I know there are a lot of exercises for couples to do breathing together, but it sounds like, and it actually feels, feeling this shift in my own body, that this is the first step, that I'm fully mm-hmm. present. So when you work with couples who are struggling to create an intimate connection or to heal after there's been some sort of uh, breach in the relationship or breakdown, how do you go about moving them after the breath? What's the next thing they might do? Well, the breath might even be the second thing because the first thing they usually come in with, which there's a problem or an issue or something that they're wanting to deal with, let go of, process, then the breath is part of that process of being able to step away from how that experience has them. And then, of course, there's body work because all this stuff lives in our body and our neurosystem. So it's recalibrating the neurosystem as well. Yeah, there's a very sweet practice we teach in the first session. Like it's usually, when it's a couple session, of course, we also do workshops. And we do that on the first day as well in a workshop, which is, we call it cradling, where one is the giver and the other one is the receiver. And the receiver really lies in the giver's lap. And there are very particular bodywork moves that Freddie teaches alongside the breath. Everything is done with the breath because when the giver follows the receiver's breath, the receiver feels heard, feels listened to. And that opens up the heart. When I feel listened to, I open up my heart. Then I know the other one is there with me no matter what. And that is such an opening for couples. Some of them start crying. They start speaking to each other. They drop into that space they may have been in when they met each other, you know, when it was inspiring and beautiful. Now, what about couples who are coming in really in breakdown? I was working earlier with a couple that's really in breakdown and Mm. struggling you know, whether they'll be able to continue the relationship. How do Mm. these practices apply to a couple that's in breakdown? Well, you know, that process of breakdown and what level they're at and, you know, how can they come back from that trauma in a moment to then visualize what they most deeply want. Do they want to stay together? That's an identification piece that they've got to get a handle on. Then it's a willingness to work through the pain and the energetic hold that that experience has on them and then create a new path forward and letting go of all that is not just a linear thing as you know doc it's not just mm-hmm. analytically thank you for helping me understand why if i would i'm wife, working on that pill we can give people that it'll just all go away right Freddie? <laughs> yeah and <laughs> there so, is no you such know, the pill problem, it is hard work and i'm glad you said it's that. work it it's willingness of work it's it is work. I, I like to say hard because then that sort of sets us up. But, but I do say it is work. It takes a vigilant uh, you know, process to be vigilant with it. Um, but it is in the body. It is recognizing it you know, analytically. It is in our breath. It is. And what's unique about the sexual piece as a way to get more deeply connected to how this stuff, how deeply rooted these experiences live for us, is that when we're in the sexual energetic, again, we are chemically changed. We are emotionally more vulnerable. And then we can start to see be, you know, behind the curtain, the veil of unconsciousness. And then right. we can and start to live in... Right, and for most people, are not aware. You know, we have been programmed. And, of course, 
the programs don't just live in this present time and generation. A lot of us have DNA programs that have been passed forward because, you know, we all know that's real, too. So for you in your work, I, re- I have to tell you, I'm, I'm a fan, and I absolutely know that what you're describing does make a profound difference because it does also shift the DNA as well as the brain and the nervous system. You know, we we can hack the brain and the DNA, and the research on that is pouring in from around the world right now. So I just want to say to everyone, in case you think, because all everyone, and I have to tell you guys, everyone expects me to geek out for at least one minute in every show. This is my geek out moment. The research is there to support everything that Elspeth and Freddie are saying. So there, I got that out of the way. So take us just one more step. Can you say more about the difference when we talk about masculine and feminine energy? How are they different and how do we bring those together? And we're talking about in same-sex couples, couples of whatever age, whatever ethnicity, how do we define masculine and feminine energy and how it works in an intimate connection, sexual connection? Yeah, great And question. intimacy and sexuality are, are not necessarily the same thing, everybody. Yes. Yeah, we distinguish between emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. And then there's also spiritual intimacy, mental intimacy. But anyway, feminine, masculine, we also could call it yin and yang. Then we are not so hung up on that, uh, you know, gender-invoking kind of interpretation. Um, So we all have yin and yang within us. We all are made up of testosterone and estrogen, just two different different parts and different people. But we all have it in within within us, and I can tap into my masculine or yang side, be very linear, focused, all of that, and I can tap into my feminine or yin side, where I can listen, where I flow, where I'm creative, where I can feel. And so we want to cultivate uh, a familiarity of that within ourselves, because when I'm out of balance, when I'm as a woman... Uh, too much in my masculine, I am out of balance and to have a dynamic between Freddie and myself will be very difficult because then we are masculine to masculine or yang to yang. And when you say a dynamic, you mean the dynamic of attraction because attraction comes from those Mm -hmm. two being different, yes? Being present. Yes. Polarity, yes. Yeah. So um, there are moments when I'm more in my masculine like perhaps when I'm in the business context, and then when I hang out with Freddie and, you know, we connect intimately, I have learned to drop into my feminine because it's much more enjoyable when I open up and, you know, allow myself to receive. That doesn't mean that I couldn't give in lovemaking, but that receiving, again, has to do with being open to trusting, Beautiful. Now, for couples who are looking, and we have a lot of couples, looking for a way forward, not just out of crisis or out of a humdrum relationship, but into depth, the first step we've already outlined is the breathing practice we just did. You then introduced how we can shift a bit from yen, yang, to the 
holding the polarity that's really going to ignite the juicy attraction and more of the joy and enjoyment, what would be maybe a third step that you could offer that would help people to say, ah, now here's where we really hold this on the day-to-day, that we can have some of this every day, not just on my birthday or special occasion. Yeah, mm-hmm. this also how do we prepare actually love making? And I don't mean just when we step into the bedroom, you know, so that there is an intimate connection that is being cultivated throughout the day. It doesn't matter if it's over the phone or a little text message or as Freddie and I do, we work in the same office here at Tantra Nova, so he comes over and puts his hands on my heart center, one in the front and one in the back. And when he comes like that, we have the agreement that I drop everything, and then we breathe together. We breathe in together, we breathe out together, synchronized breath. And in that synchronized breath... Now, for couples who don't work in the same space, because you guys have a pretty unusual and wonderful setup. How do couples mm-hmm. connect throughout the day? One may be running one direction, one the other. You know, 40% of couples today, as you know, actually are long distance. Somebody is traveling for work. Yeah, they can do it over the phone. We can breathe synchronistically over the phone. But it's a question of intention and knowing about the practice. You can do it. You can even do it in your mind, thinking of the other. But then when one or the other comes home, how do we greet each other? What about a tantric embrace where we breathe heart to heart, you know, which is beautiful because when we breathe together, we become one. It just happens. It's not, you know, guided by the uh, brain. It's just in the process of breathing in and breathing out like the ocean wave. We feel connected. So the breath is so important. I I just want to underscore, you guys, I know you're all listening carefully to what Elspeth and Freddie are saying. They keep coming back to the breath and the neurochemical changes in the body and this kind of breathing are so profound. They're so Mm. real. And most Mm. of us know that, hey, I'm feeling stressed. Let me take a deep breath. But what Mm. Freddie and Elspeth are saying, and what I want everyone to take away, is that when you take that breath and you're present, that is the beginning of intimacy. I mean, it sounds like, gee, how could it be so simple? Yeah, even if you are having a hard time, it's Mm -hmm. helpful. It's very helpful. So, you guys, you get the last word. And I want you to just land on, if you don't mind, you speak about creativity in your work. What does that mean? And what do you want to leave us with today? Well, I'll, I'll close my piece with saying that we are part of this magnificent, elegant design of creativity, creating the universe. And our connection to that is our imagination. And once we can start to let go of a lot of what we believe is truth and really get that our imagination is as true as any other thought that we have in our head. And that, you know, the fact that, you know, clear intention with elevated emotion can change matter. And that is what science is proving out. People may say, well, that sounds a little woo-woo. What really is woo-woo? Now, hold on, hold on, Freddie. Back up. Back up. Yeah. Say that again. Intention Mm. is truth. 
go back to that. It's, say it again. I want people to get really been, clear on this. It's been said before, and I'll say it again, that clear intention with elevated emotion can change matter, physical matter. So when you have a situation that you think is unchangeable, with a clear intention of what you want to create, with an elevated emotion around that intention, will change the situation. So that sounds oftentimes for people woo-woo, but what's really woo-woo... Yeah, it's not woo-woo. Now, I'm going to just... I have to add this in. We have an intention circle at the end of each and every one of our live full-day trainings, and we have one every single week. And we do this so that we are all holding that energy for one another, and the results have been nothing short of spectacular for every person who participates in that process, including me. So, again, I am very much aligned with what you're saying. It is uh, those who haven't read um, Lynn McTaggart's book, The Power of Eight. Lynn goes into a lot of detail on her research on the power of intention and a whole chapter on the results people have gotten from practicing intention. So there's another tool. But, you guys, one thing I don't want you to run out of time here, tell people how they can get in touch with you. We have a website for you. We have www.tantranova, and I'm going to spell it for you guys. It's tantra, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A, tantranova.com. And when they go to tantranova.com, what are they going to find? Oh, they find a lot of videos. They find our book there, Sexual Enlightenment, How to Create Fulfillment in Life, Love, and Intimacy. But I know you also have a free gift. We do. We do. We have a download where everyone who is listening can actually download it to start doing the practices that we started out with that belly breath today. However, that will lead you much further and bring it into your everyday life. Okay, so get to tantranova.com, get the free gift, Creating Intimacy and Love. It's a DVD download. You can learn more about the wonderful work that Elspeth and Freddie are doing there. And Elspeth and Freddie, thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart for holding the space that you do on the planet and allowing this energy to flow out to thousands of people. Very, very grateful for you. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, such a pleasure. And big thank you to our executive producer, Cliff Dunning. And to all of you modern lovers, get to Eventbrite, grab your ticket for Are You Sabotaging Your Love Life? Nine Proven Steps to Launch Your Best Love in 2020. And guess what? You'll get to be part of our Love in 2020 Intention Circle and set your own love intention for 2020. All right, modern lovers, many blessings. Be with you next week. Bye for now.